0: Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato with my colleague, Mary Gamba. Uh, Mary, are you ready for another action-packed? Oh, God, it sounds like such a cliche. Uh, <laughs> another compelling program all about leadership, communication, and everything related?
1: I was born ready, Steve. Speaking about a cliche, I just, I am born ready. I'm here, and it's a great day.
0: And by the way, remind people, you always say um, that you're right up against the wall where you are. Everyone's got a different background. <laughs> this is the last day we're taping in this home studio. I'm moving to another Home, well, my family's coming too, but it'll look different. You've had to manage a lot. Talk about being innovative. (laughs) You've had to innovate and, and create there, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I have. I'm in about an eight by five room and I just glanced over because I have a huge sheet on my window because there's no blinds <laughs> in my front window. And there's a house for sale and they're doing like a, an open house today and there's people coming and going. They must be looking across the street and saying, there's no way I'm moving into this house because the people across the street have a big sheet as a as a window treatment.
0: <laughs> and they don't know that Mary's the executive producer and co-anchor of Lessons in Leadership, by the way. Oh, uh, And
1: show the newspaper. I know you have it right there. We, we've made it. We're official. This will be the last time we is, plug it, but we've got to. Hey, hey
0: by the Put Mike, put Mike Van Wagner on the screen first. Mike Mike Van Wagner, the Vice President of Public Affairs, uh, NJM, New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Company. Hey, Mike, you remember the, the, the Star Ledger used to be big. It's still big, right?
2: And I remember when it was 15 cents, Steve. <laughs> Mike, take a look down there. Who's down at the bottom? Wow, the stars, from my right, I see Mary Gamba.
0: Thank you very much, body. Mike.
2: Wow, that's a great shot. Mary went to her local,
0: wherever she goes to get her newspaper. I went to my
1: 7-Eleven with 75 cents to pick up the paper. And the guy said, oh, that'll be $3. And I said, no, I just have one paper. (laughs)
0: Mike, she bought 10 papers and gave them out to people. People are like, there's still newspapers. I know.
1: Yeah, the kids had no idea. The kids didn't know what it is. I was like, it's a newspaper.
0: Well, listen, um... We are we're partners with NJ.com, which is the website there as well. You can see our stuff there. Mary, before we get to Mike, tell everyone who our sponsors are so they get plugged. You'll see their names there, and then we get into with Mike Van Wagner. Mike, you you don't mind watching this, do you, Mike? Not at all. We Go love out, Mary, plugging our
1: sponsors. We've got Valley Bank. We've got the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local Eight Twenty Five. NJ Sharing Network. They are literally saving lives every day. They're our newest uh, funder. Prager Metis, and then we have Seton Hall University and the Busino Leadership Institute, where Steve is going to be leading a class this spring, a master class, so we're really excited about that as well. And also, if you're watching us on News 12+, you could also check us out on Spotify. We have a podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, so you could check out past episodes there. And lastly, you can go to stand deliver.com for a ton of great free articles on leadership, communication, team building, all things leadership. So check us out there as well.
0: And listen, we've been wanting to talk to our good friend, Mike Van Wagner uh, from NJM Insurance Group for a while. Mike, you doing okay, buddy?
2: Doing good, Steve. Thanks.
0: You know, Mike has had a variety of leadership positions in the corporate world, um, in government. He's on boards of very significant not-for-profits. Mike, let me ask you this. We're taping on the 18th of February. It'll be seen later. Um, we're in the middle of a snowstorm. When it repeats, it won't be.
2: What's,
0: what would you say in the last year plus the biggest leadership lesson you have learned is, Mike?
2: Well, you know, Steve, I, I think leadership skills haven't changed, right? The skill set is the same. I think certain things, though, really were called upon in this year. So, I mean, communication comes first to mind, right? I mean, we're all separated now, but we need to stay in touch, and uh, we got to find innovative and different ways to be in touch. So, I put that at the top. But boy, right behind it, I think I think candor has been a big part of this. Um, candor meaning everybody's been confronted. With circumstances that they hadn't begun to imagine or begin to prepare for, right? Or, and not knowing really what it might look like going forward. So, just being straightforward about the fact that we're going to figure it out, but we don't all have the answers right now. So, candor was important. And I'd say after that, it's empathy, you know, empathy for recognizing that everybody comes to this maybe a little differently, individual circumstances professional circumstances the way emotionally this pandemic may that's have right. impacted folks so those are a few that come to mind and maybe the last one i put in there is flexibility we've all had to figure out new ways to do things like even you're working out of your house right and that's right That was new I'm sure yeah
0: yeah uh, mary before you jump in i want to do this mike talk about the the leadership component or the the part of corporate leadership supporting not-for-profit organizations. NJM is a huge supporter of what we do in public broadcasting. If you watch NJ Spotlight News, they're a supporter there as well. I don't believe there'd be public broadcasting in all candor in the state if it were not for the corporate commitment of NJM and others. But there's a long-winded question here and it's this. Supporting not-for-profits as a corporation, what the heck does that have to do with leadership,
2: Mike? Well, one, let me say that we're fortunate here in new jersey that we've got we've got a culture and it's a long it's a deep-seated culture in the corporate community of supporting our nonprofits what does that mean why is that leadership well all of us to some degree or another are you know we want to support the communities that we serve when the communities and the individuals are thriving and the quality of life is good and folks who need you know essential service support Uh, those needs are being increasingly met. We're all doing better, Steve. So we're all part of the same community in the end. And we're in a position where we need to be leaders in that space.
0: Beyond the bottom line, uh, there's giving and helping others. Mary, jump in.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve. And and Mike, thank you for that. I, I, I truly believe in servant leadership, and we talk a lot about that. But how do you internally at NJM, how are you supporting your team? How are you letting them know that you're there for them? Are they working from home? Um, what has changed? And more importantly, also, what things may stay the same based on, okay, now we've had a year plus in, like we said, we're all working remotely. Uh, challenges sometimes present opportunities. So what has really changed? How are you connecting with your team? And then what do you think you're going to see moving forward um, as a result of this?
2: Yeah, well, I, I the big thing, Mary, I think like just about everybody faced was way back in Mid March and in through April was we were of twenty twenty of twenty twenty yeah it's a year good point Uh, was having now to to work remotely I mean we had we had a a small group here that were able to continue to work here needed to but most of our twenty five hundred employees were working from home so. making sure those folks were equipped with the, you know, the laptops, the telephone sort of connections and everything was the first thing. And I think so many of us had to make that shift. So that was probably the biggest change, Mary, to make sure that we could could continue to deliver upon the service that we are promising our policyholders to meet their needs. So, and I've got to tell you, I think that exceeded all expectations. Uh, I don't mean to brag about NJM, but I think just about And my peers that I talk to, it seems like most folks were able to make that pivot uh, pretty successfully and probably beyond their own expectations. So I think as you look forward, look, we're all hopeful to have most of the team back in the office once the COVID is is in the rearview mirror, because there's so many valuable assets and reasons to be together. So we're we're hopeful that way, that that's not too far into the future now.
0: Hey, Mike, you're, you're a big sports guy, aren't
2: you? Sure am. What's your favorite? Well, pick your sport.
0: You love basketball. How about soccer?
2: Big soccer fan, absolutely.
0: So here's a question. We have uh, a fair number of sports figures that appear on Lessons in Leadership. I'm a big believer that not just playing and participating in sports, but being connected to sports. And Mary's a big, comes from a big hockey family. <clears throat> the connection between being involved in sports and leadership is?
2: Well, you know, Steve, I, I always, I used to get tired of the cliches. I think that were are associated with sports. <laughs> it's preparing you for life. You're going to learn how to be resilient. There's no I gonna... in
0: team. You ever hear that? No <laughs> There's no I in team,
2: team, Right. And I'm, we're just out there playing. Right. And it's like, okay, that's coach speak. Right. Well, you know, You go a little, I've coached teams now, I've got children, you know, my daughters are 19 and 21, and obviously I've worked with a lot of different folks and a lot of kids, and boy, I've come to appreciate that they're, they're certainly cliche, but when you talk about sports instilling confidence, when somebody figures out how to achieve, so I think leadership there is saying, well, that's personal leadership, overcoming maybe a challenge, or look, I'm not really good in that position or in that sport. Uh, and sort of staying with it. Um, And I think the leadership then also extends to how do you find the way to continue to, you know, do what you do, but do it within a team setting. That's, you just can't be successful if you don't figure that out. Well said, Mary. Last question for Mike.
1: yeah, you got it. Uh, there's also a theater connection, which I found my uh, my middle child, my middle, my younger child has recently switched. into you have, street. six? You only I have I know, two right? Boys. I'm like middle child. <laughs> to, I, I think my dog is my my little yeah, one. Joe,
0: Joey, <laughs> your son Joey's looking around like there's another one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dog, the dog's replaced my husband and my kids in this house. So um, just to
0: edit that out.
1: No, 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 I I tell them all the time. You don't need to edit that out. It's fine, Sylvester, our great editor behind the scenes. And um, But the one thing that I found is theater, and I would have never known this, is just as competitive, if, if not more competitive, because you're really talking about one to three or four top spots And I just wanted to add, it's not even a question, it's just a point that it's that same discipline, it's the same heartbreak, but it's the same life lessons of what do you do with disappointment and what do you do with that uncertainty? So I just wanted to share that. I was just adding a point to the conversation. Well,
2: I'm glad you did, Mary. And I, you know, my younger daughter is involved in theater and, you know, the hardest thing you have to experience, I think one of the hardest things you have to experience as a parent is seeing your child experience disappointment. And then on the flip and 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 look, she's part of that class of 2020, right? Which everything just got yanked. And unfortunately now the class of 2021 is living that. But then what on the flip side of that disappointment and you just, your heart breaks as a parent, you want to jump in, right? And save and do something, but you can't. Then the flip side of that is you're inspired by their resilience. That's right. They're so much more resilient than I think I am. And I think so many of us as adults are, right?
0: yeah I want to jump in and save them and uh, it, listen to me, lessons in leadership sometimes should be called lessons in life and parenting
1: because yeah, it's it, all it's tied all together. There's no separation anymore.
0: There is hey, Mike, to you and to the team at NJM, I want to thank you not just for being great corporate citizens who support lots of terrific causes, including public broadcasting in the state. Um, but just making a difference every day in people's lives. Um, thank you, Mike. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks very much, Steve. And thanks for all that you and Mary do.
0: I'm Steve. That's Mary. That's Mike. Lessons in Leadership. We'll be right back. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by... NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.
3: Construction companies work at the heart of our communities. So do the operating engineers of Local 825 who build our roads and bridges and ensure the safe transmission of energy that keeps us on the move. Local 825 works with contractors as partners in quality, safety, and training. Our achievements stand as monuments to collaboration that will last for generations. This message has been brought to you by the members of Operating Engineers Local 825. Better building begins here.
0: Lessons in Leadership Steve Arbato, Mary Gamba. Mary, we're about to go into a clip, uh, an interview I did with Dr. Ali uh, Hushman, who is the president of Roman University. who talked about leadership and logistics. Um, challenging, interesting stuff. But I want a quick follow up on Mike Van Wagner. Um, biggest takeaway for you from that conversation?
1: I loved when he talked about the leadership lessons that he's learned, and he talked about just being resilient and being empathetic. And I think empathetic is one of those skills that I know I have a hard time with. You and I have talked about it a, a long time. It's I, I believe empathy is something that you are born with. It's something intrinsic within you. So it's a Sometimes easier for uh, some people than it is for others, but for me, that was the biggest thing because, of course, Mike talked about NJM giving back and the importance of giving back to the community and empathizing. So, to me, that was the biggest takeaway from the conversation with Mike.
0: You know, empathy is an interesting thing because it, people view it. You, know, you ever hear the expression "where you stand depends mm-hmm. upon where you sit"? And so, yeah. this this is going to look like a very interesting pivot. Um, but I want to bring this up, so. We've talked a lot about government leadership and there are a million leadership books out there. And one of those leadership books that I read recently was written by the governor of New York State, Andrew Cuomo. And um, this is not a political show. It's not a show about policy. It's, It's not. You can find that other place. It's a show about leadership. Well, Governor Cuomo wrote a book about leadership, simply called American Crisis. And the subtitle had something to do with leadership lessons. Well, early on in this pandemic, he was praised for his regular communication, straight talk, connecting with people every day, whatever, nursing home situation. As we speak right now, we're taping on this on the 18th of February. Here's the thing. Mistakes are made all the time. Except life and death is a different question than you screwed up a chyron on the screen or you did this or that It matters more. Here's the point. Up to this point, I hope it changes after we tape this. Governor Cuomo has not apologized for the fact that New York State, through his office, has undercounted the number of deaths through COVID, because of COVID, in nursing homes. And the explanations to date are about, well, we didn't really want the federal government to know how many people died of COVID in nursing homes, because they might hurt it. It might be used against us. It's a political environment. Mary, where is my book? You know what book I'm pulling up, right? Yes. How about, forget about extreme ownership. How about some ownership? Here's my point. Governor Cuomo, you're a great leader. Chris, your brother, Chris, is a great friend of ours. We've had him on many times. I got to tell you, I don't understand why you couldn't say from the beginning, we screwed up. We undercounted. We did it on purpose. It's on me. It's unacceptable. What about the empathy for all those people whose loved ones died in nursing homes And then I think he said something like, What is the difference? Where are they died? I don't know. It doesn't sound right to me, Mary. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, that's it. It's like I'm on a
0: soapbox, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) Get off of that soapbox. It's a simple, we made a mistake. It's a simple, we own it. We accept it. It's bad enough that you did whatever it was, but then to not own it makes it exponentially worse.
0: And there, there was a long explanation. Again, we're taping this on the 18th of February. He was explaining, Well, you have to understand. It was this, it was that, it was bureaucracy, it's paperwork. There's an old expression in communication. If you're explaining, you're losing. The longer it takes you for you to explain something, the more people are tuning out, are checking out, are thinking you're hiding something. Listen, I'm not the governor, I'm not the president. My view of leadership is as a teacher and a student, a writer and a coach of it. And I lead in a small organization. But I got to tell you something. I don't get why it's so hard for so many leaders, regardless of where they lead and what kind of organization they lead, to simply say, my bad. That one's on me. The buck stops right here as Harry Truman, the president, said on his desk in a little plaque.
1: Yeah, and one thing that I think a lot of these leaders forget is as an outsider, if you're reading this in the newspaper, I hear that he is hiding those numbers or changing the numbers or manipulating or whatever it is that they did. What else are they keeping from me? What else? I mean, as it is, everything is so politicized and everything is so divided. And you could just sit back and shake your head and say, well, if this, then what else? And that's, I think, the lesson that these leaders need to take away, transparency, accuracy, and just be truthful and people will forgive you if you make a mistake.
0: I want to be clear, I believe overall Governor Cuomo has done a really good job in a very difficult situation. But here's the funny thing about leadership. You can do a million things right. You could be a regular communicator, you won an Emmy Award for his daily briefings. Okay, fine. But if you make that mistake and don't then don't own it, when there's life and death involved and people's loved ones, I hate, I know this is unfair, but it's the way it is. Those other things almost don't even matter. It's leadership. It's not for everyone. I'm Steve. That's Mary. We'll be back on the back end. Mary, um, Dr. Ali Hushman, the president of Rowan University, we talked about leadership and logistics. Dr. Hushman has a view of how detailed and in the weeds the leader should get. I have my view, and we have a very spirited discussion, and Mary and I will talk on the back end. Check it out. Lessons in Leadership is honored to be uh, joined by, once again, Dr. Ali Hushman, who's the president of Rowan University, where I've been honored to teach in the past around communication, etc. cetera. But Ali Hushman and I are obsessed with leadership, but he's also an expert and has researched logistics. Now, we had another program, we did a segment we did on vaccine distribution and logistics. One of the things you said was it's not as complicated as people make it sound. From your perspective, big picture, doctor, what's the connection between leadership and logistics, and how much into the details does a leader have to get when it comes to logistics? Loaded question, I know. Go ahead, Ali.
4: Well, I think the the, the leader needs to look at the opportunities of doing a good logistical system and immediately employ the right people and give them the tools to do that. That's really what the leader needs to do. It doesn't need to get into the nitty-gritty of it. I understand this thing. This is what I did. My PhD is in the systems engineering. So I understand large systems and large. My first job was scheduling flights for United Airlines. So I understand this kind of thing. And But once you understand it, that there are tools out there, you employ them and you bring right people and say, go at it. Train them if you have to, but give them the, give them the tool, give them the, the possibilities and give them the responsibility. They will do it. In fact, I'll give you another lesson that's very, very important. You know, last time you asked me, what is the leader has to do? I said, the first thing you have to do in a time like that, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. That's the first thing. Because you panic, you're going to get the rest of the people who are behind you are going to get frightened.
0: Yeah, by the way, before you go any further, we were beginning the production day today. Some things went wrong. And I don't know if I panicked, but I didn't add to the calm. I said, come on, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. That wasn't helping the team, was it?
4: They get more nervous. They get, oh my God, what am I going to do? The boss is upset. And that's the last thing you would want to do. The other thing that I found after now, almost a year now, Steve, we put now a team together, teams together. By the way,
0: team into the pandemic is what you're saying. Okay, go ahead, Ali.
4: Exactly. I'm trying to see what leaders can do at this time. It's a year now. What are the opportunities now? So what we did, we put five committees together. We said, we have to pivot in a major way. And as a result, we looked at, The committee was academics of future, infrastructure of future, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, looking at the pricing of higher education, and working from remote. These are the committees. And as a result of that, we have now put together a booklet that completely chart the future for us regarding how should be the mode of delivery. Are we going to go back in a classroom where Sage goes on the stage, or is it going to be different teaching? how much technology are we going to use are we going to build the same buildings as we did before or are our buildings of the future are going to be different clearly mm-hmm. they're going to be different far more technology in it far less little rooms and boxes and so there are lots of lessons we have learned that we are now employing and trying to plan and design the university of 21st century post-pandemic because te- everything has changed the people's attitude has changed kids right now have many more options. They could go to some of these big corporations like Google or Amazon and get a certificate and get a job. They don't need to go to college and they could take courses online and get degrees from anywhere around the world. So the competition is very, very stiff and you better be prepared to provide number one, the, the package of programs and the pricing and the, and the infrastructure on campus so that people, students can come in here and get the education they deserve without leaving their school with massive amount of debt and be able to become a productive citizen in a post-pandemic world. And I think that is a huge challenge. It's vastly different from the past.
0: By the way, um, for people who are regular followers of Lessons in Leadership with my colleague, Mary Gamba, Mary and I are co-authoring a book, uh, simply uh, as a follow-up to our book, Lessons in Leadership, called Lessons in Leadership, Innovation and Disruption in the Age of COVID and Beyond. And there's a case study that features the work of Ali Hushman and his colleagues at Rowan University. Um, the final question here, Ali. You're an innovator. You're an entrepreneur. You've been recognized by a whole range of publications and other media entities around that, and I happen to know that personally about you. So, in that spirit of also staying calm, Dr. Hushman, what keeps you up at night? What do you think about a lot at night
4: as a leader? Right now, my biggest worry, Steve, is that this pandemic will be here for years, and decades to come. And how does the world society is going to pivot to deal with this thing? That is my big worry. I worry about a lot.
0: Well, let me ask you this Do you see a silver
4: lining in that? Well, obviously, we're going to human, the, 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 the genius of human being is we adopt, we learn. And the question is during this period, how fast, how quickly can we adopt and get back to the new normal? We're going to do that but I, it makes me worried from my profession, from my university, what kind of universities are we going to have? What is the future going to look like? Because this thing keep coming back with different uh, strands and Arians, different, uh, different, variants, right. and, and, and you know, be, the scientists around the world simply don't know enough yet. And as a result, that is really what, that's what keeps me up right now. Final, final, status quo never, ever an
0: option, Dr. Husman, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Never. Absolutely. Always. This is the nature of being a human being. Always go up. Always move up. Always progress. Always advance. That's, I say to myself, Steve, that's really the truth. Every day I ask myself, if today is not better than yesterday, I wait. First time I
0: met Dr. Ali Hushman, I knew that I liked him because we are obsessed with not only excellence, but level of detail. But I'm going to argue he's more patient than I am. Uh, Dr. Hushman, thanks for joining us on Lessons in Leadership. Best to the family at Rowan University. Thank you, Ali. Thank you to you and your colleagues. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You got it. I'm Steve Adubato. Stay with us.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by nj.com. NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato. We just were listening to Dr. Ali Hushman, the president of Rowan University. Hey Mary, leadership and logistics. How often, <laughs> how often do we talk about it or I call you about it, this went wrong, Mary, should I, should I be more involved? I'm too far back. You got to get in the weeds. We got to trust our people, but then they don't know what they don't know and mistakes are made. What do you do as a leader?
1: I think it all goes back to project management. It sounds so simplistic when people in the past have said, oh, I'm a project manager for this company or that (laughs) company. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, It just seems so basic, Um, but it really means the logistics and leadership go hand in hand together if you can't lead a project, if you can't lead your team, if you can't lead, if it's an event you're planning, a meeting you're planning, uh, then you're not a good leader. You, that is one of the keys to leadership that is so often overlooked. And whether we're talking vaccine distribution, as you were talking about with Dr. Hushmand, or just overall, like I said, leading a taping, uh, getting ready for a production, you need to think through what is the worst thing that can happen, have contingency plans, and most importantly, be prepared for the what ifs.
0: What if, a team member simply says, I've got this, Steve, don't worry.
1: As you always say, trust, but verify. What, what does that, that mean? that means is you want to trust them. You want to trust. If I say, Steve, we've got this. We're going to be fine. There's snow coming. I've got this. You need to then verify, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, Mary, I, you know, I, Steve, I just want you to know I texted Scarlin, who's uh, the person there helping you behind the scenes, Steve, 18 times last night, two times this morning, just to confirm hey. Scarlett, our camera operator's <laughs> going, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scarlin. And uh, but why but does I- that have
0: to be done? Why is there no detail too, detail too small in any operation?
1: Yeah. It's everything is, it's all tied together, right? I mean, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So that link could seem small. It could seem huge. If Scarlin did not get there today, we could not have gone on with the taping. There's, you know, sure. We've got Elvin behind the scenes. We've got Frank and Sylvester, a great team, but as far as getting you prepared, the lighting, the camera, you could not have, done what you needed to do on your end without him being there.
0: Yeah. Alvin's behind the scenes, but he also just texted on the screen, hey, you got 10 seconds to get out of here. That's Mary. I'm Steve. You saw our funders. Thank all of them. Thank everyone who are fans of Lessons in Leadership. Um, Hey, it's been great. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University. New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato. And my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.
3: Construction companies work at the heart of our communities. So do the operating engineers of Local 825, who build our roads and bridges and ensure the safe transmission of energy that keeps us on the move. Local 825 works with contractors as partners in quality, safety, and training. Our achievements stand as monuments to collaboration that will last for generations. This message has been brought to you by the members of Operating Engineers Local 825. Better building begins here.